Dustin. <laughs> in a hole in the ground. It was. It was either lived a hoopa. It was either that or 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 my precious Dustin. <laughs> I decided deer was deer much much better. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. Thank you for that. Yes. Uh, hi everybody. Uh, welcome to the uh, the Hoopercast. Uh, we're here once again. Um, so, all right. Wanted to address another 2001 film as part of my beloved series. Uh, and of course I was going through titles that I had seen that I would watch again if I liked it and wanted to make sure I still liked it and Mm -hmm. stuff that I hadn't seen, wanted to get through. So I'm still working on titles. It's going to be much easier in 2000 for the 2002 films as I will give myself 12 months to complete this project and not like five or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, but, I came across um a, a real pleasure of a uh, of you know of an assignment this time and uh I stumbled upon and watched now the uh the the first of the three Lord of the Rings films The Fellowship of the Ring which did in fact come out in 2001 This task was appointed to you and if you do not find a way no one will Let us hope that our presence may go unnoticed Since got the got the one, got the ring up. Uh, that was the trailer um, for the 4K Ultra HD release of the the film. And of course, I'm watching the trailer. And I'm like, man, this graphics look sharp. Um, <laughs> a little sharper than when I was watching on HBO Max. That is sure. Which uh, now, of course, uh, you cannot watch the film on HBO Max. It is off of HBO Max. To is where it? I don't know. At least the extended edition, I believe. Interesting. I. I think so. Um, I watched the extended ed- edition, which I have only seen one other time. Okay. And you told me, I think that you've seen the theatrical once or twice. Just once. Once. Okay. And then every other time you've watched the film, it's been the extended. Yeah. So everyone listening has likely seen the Lord of the Rings films. If you haven't, i I don't say this lightly. I don't think you like movies because <laughs> because the, the the Fellowship of the Ring is just and of all the Lord of the Rings films are just just amazing. Yeah. Um uh, you know, I'm 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 not going to rate the film so much as just reminisce. I'll rate it. A, it about that's a 6 it. star, man. Yeah, it is. I would call it I would say 6 out of 5 stars. It is yeah. uh it's magnificent. Um yeah. and 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 again, there are not a lot of technical flaws in this movie, but I don't yeah. count technical flaws against a movie's rating, especially if I'm doing a retrospective like this, where yeah. I'm not going to judge Lord, the Lord of the Rings for minor keying issues or strange, you know, 
crowd simulations, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, or lighting mismatches and, yeah. and visual effects for a film that was made, you know, for $120 million in 2001, um, you know, independently, must might I say. Um, yep. In the show notes of this episode, I included a link to a Deadline article looking back at how big of a risk it was to make these movies um, yeah. and from, you know, how the trilogy could make or break New Line Cinema, uh, which had just gone through like a buyout with Turner, I think, um, mm-hmm. and how the budget for each film doubled. It was going to be $60 million. New Line was Peter Jackson's last stop. Everyone else turned, Disney turned them down. Uh, every, everywhere, everywhere else turned them down and New Line was the last stop and they knew it. And then he, it was going to be pitched to be two films. And then they were like, no, we're going to do three. And, and he was like, okay, cool. That's what I really wanted to do anyway. Um, and how, you know, in terms of how do we get the message out there for the movie? How do we show people they took, I don't know if you know the story, but they took a 26 minute reel to the con film festival. And what they did when they got there is they, they got, um, new line to spend $2 million to recreate the Shire and bring in Mm. a bunch of like props, like cave trolls and stuff, a bunch of pieces of the set. And they threw a big party after they showed the, the reel and people were, people fucking went nuts. They were like, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. And that was what convinced a lot of the distributors, a lot of the investors and just it really, the money people really were put at ease as soon as that happened. Um, and the cast too, the cast, the, the principal cast was largely in attendance. And so they're looking at scenes that they shot a year and a half, two years prior, and they're finally yeah. seeing it with, with, uh, with effects and, and music. And they were like, Oh my God, this is going to be worth it. Yeah. Um, and they all agreed like that con was crucial to the film's success. And as before con, it had been sort of mismarketed as like a D and D kind of, you know, Ooh, wizards. Um, yeah. and after the film festival, they got the marketing more accurate and, um, and the rest is history. Um, the article also talks about why they had to shoot it back to back. Peter Jackson was explaining this little excerpt from it. They said, um, Peter happened to slip to slip that in, that it had to be shot at once. And the, this is Bob Shea, the, the, the head of new line at the time. He says, um, I said, let's do them one at a time and see how it goes. Cause a lot of times it's, it's less expensive to get the cast back together. Um, once we've decided we're cool with making this commitment, then it is to commit yeah. to three movies, one of which might not work. Yep. And uh, Peter said, no, no, we have to do them all at once. The actors are going to be older. It's going to take a year to get the films done and one film released. Many of these locations will require us to build roads to bring equipment in and we'll have to completely cut up a significant part of the landscape. The New Zealand government won't allow us to keep those roads and the disarray. And yeah. so he says the bottom line was there was no way around it. All three had to be made at once. Yeah. Um, and this is a really special film for me in terms of like getting into movies because this was like one of the first like box sets and special features that I just dove into and just engrossed myself in the movie making process. And what a film to begin with the scale that it was at, but also the very independent spirit in which it was made and the passion of Peter Jackson. Um, when my mom took me to see this movie in theaters, all I knew was it was about this dude who had a magic ring that made him invisible. That's all I was told. Yeah. yeah. And I came out of the movie like, whoa. And I didn't understand that, oh, there's two more coming, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah so desired effect definitely achieved on the theatrical of this movie. 
And as is my rule with movies, they have to withstand the theatrical experience for me to be considered great. I think yeah. that that's one thing that theater that's that's a downside. It's a nitpick, but it's a downside of relying too heavily on the theater experience is you remember them being better than they actually are. What you remember yeah. is the experience, yeah. but not the merits of the film. And the yeah. Lord of the Rings is as amazing on my phone <laughs> last night, yeah. right. you know, that it is on my television, that it was in theaters and on a mini DVD player for like my entire adolescence. Right. Right. Um, yeah. I just, it, and, and of course the extended edition is great for a bunch of reasons, but yeah, I'm, I'm just talking too long about it. Um, no, not at all. No, I'm enjoying it. Um, I had, I had read the Hobbit or I, I was forced to read the Hobbit in school <laughs> and, uh, and I hated every second of it because really? I hated everything that they forced me to read. Yeah. Um, I think just on principle, I hated everything. The school, and, the school had you read the Hobbit. Yeah. Yep. Weird. And, um, and my mom so, handed me a copy of it beforehand mm, before we went to see the movie, yeah. but it was like this old ass print. And I was like, I'm not going to read this old shit. Yeah. 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 No, <laughs> I, I remember it was a summer reading assignment because oh it's, it was a God. classic. Right. And so, and wow. so I, I read it, it was during my summer. So I already hated spending the this. time. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so I just, I went into it with the wrong attitude. I hated mm-hmm. every second of it. Yeah. And, and then, um, and then, so Lord of the Rings was like coming out. And I remember being like, I'm not interested in that at all because I hated the Hobbit. Right. And, and then, <laughs> um, and then it was, I, so the only Lord of the Rings movie that I saw in theaters was uh, the return of the King because somewhere before return of the King came out, I sat down and went to, went to blockbuster and, and rented, uh, the the first two. Wow. So the first time I saw this was at home wow. on whatever TV we had. Not a great, you know, huge experience. Yeah. It was just on, on TV. Just letterboxed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and then, uh, and then, yeah, so, so it was, it, but I've seen it now. I mean, I think I told you the other day, probably at least six times all the way through. Mm. Um, and, and, and I, I, flip and love this trilogy because I'm, I'm right there with you. This was the trilogy that, or this was the, the film, the film series that made me realize that film could be a job. Yeah. I realized it could be a, like an actual living because, because I just remember sitting there and watching all the names in the credits. Mm-hmm. Like, and I wasn't, I wasn't even like doing anything. My mind was just like going crazy because I'm like, all of these people yeah. Got paid to work on this. Yeah. And this is so many people. And 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 just feeling like I had seen something really, really special. Mm-hmm. And all of those names helped me see that thing that was special. And uh, and so I realized, hey, I can I, I like this is something that is a is a possibility. Yeah. And um, and I don't think I'd ever realized that before, even though I loved movies before this one. So this one holds a special place in my heart just because. You know, it, it's where I realized that film could be a, a livelihood. Um, as far as the film itself goes, man, it's just I mean, it, it's hard to talk about one without talking about all three, mm-hmm. but it's just fantastic. I mean, yeah. it, it is a perfectly cast film um, with a script that even though it's long, 
is pretty tight, pretty lean. Um, and, and there's nothing in here that I feel like I would cut out. And, and, and again, that's, I'm used to the extended version and I still wouldn't cut anything out. Yeah. Like it's so weird watching the extended edition and, and and I've, I've seen the theatricals. I had, like I said, I had these, these DVDs. Yeah. And so I've watched all three theatrical films. I'm not kidding. At least 20 times all the way through. Yeah. Individually. So 60 watches. Yep, yep. Because I just sat there and just watched and watched and watched and watched and watched all the Houghton Mifflin documentaries yeah. and all that stuff. Yep. Yep. And 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 coming from theatrical and loving them and thinking mm. these are perfect movies and then yeah. watching the extended. Yeah. I'm now going, wow, I can't believe the theatrical is that good in my mind without these extra scenes. Yeah. All this extra yeah. context, all this extra character, a lot of, and not even, not just that, like, oh, you know, the boring parts. There's action beats that are not in the theatrical films yeah that watching the extended sure. you're like there's a whole at the end with the the, the orc hide there's a whole bunch of of the hobbits getting more involved you know mm-hmm. instead of just running oh let's get behind barmir they're throwing those rocks pippin yeah. tackles a dude and stabs him in the fucking face yeah yeah man <laughs> it's, it's crazy it's awesome it's so cool. And, and there there's like you said, like some of the visual effects are, are really, really phenomenal. And some of them are, eh, you know, whatever, yeah. but it's just a rendering think, thing. But think about what we talked about recently, the mummy returns. Yeah. Like that has a, a, a battle scene towards the end where a ton of Anubis guys are like running on, on the, on the, on the sand yeah. and it looks terrible like they are floating <laughs> above the above the sand they're yeah. not actually interacting and and like the the crowd simulation of that is mm-hmm. so inferior to what's here in lord of the rings that so wingnut and weta developed massive for, yeah. for this film and and massive yep. was used in avengers endgame um yep. i mean that's that's a program that continues to be used for yep. for battle simulations and it's just yep. as simple as i remember Hearing Peter Jackson talking about that, not understanding visual yeah. effects at all, but him yeah. in those special features saying, yeah, we have a program called Massive, and it basically just makes sure that it's not just a bunch of polygons all doing the same thing to yeah. the same opponent. And yep. it's like, and I, I just remember as a kid, even then it clicked. I was like, that makes sense. That yep. makes it so much better. Yep, exactly. I couldn't believe and- it. I know. And I, I watched all of those behind the scenes stuff mm-hmm. too. all the, they called them the appendices yeah. um, in the, in the box set. And, and I remember I watched all of those things and, and like devoured all of it. Like my brother and I still quote the behind the scenes things <laughs> like, because, because we watched it that many times yeah. there, there's one, and I don't know if it's in the fellowship of the ring or, or which one it's in which box set, but you know, there's like stories like, you know, uh, where Dom and Billy are talking about, about, uh, the time that a beetle landed on Peter Jackson's knee and he flipped out on set yeah. and, and, and they're like, and we look over and it's just a wee little beetle. <laughs> and me and my brother still, anytime we see a beetle are like, it's a wee little beetle. Wow. Like we still like, we quote that <laughs> all the time. Like we quote, that's nerdy. <laughs> it is. But, but we, we legit quote the, the special features of these movies because all like everything about these movies were, yeah, are, they're just special. Special. To me. Yeah. I mean, look, there's a couple different things that are that are key to this. Obviously, I've already mentioned the casting. I mean, Peter Jackson's direction is phenomenal and how you keep track of this many scenes 
um, across this many films being being shot out of order and out of sequence is is remarkable. Mm-hmm. Um, then then you have all the writing. Um, it's um, Fran Walsh, Philippa Boyens, and they're, and they're, and, they're, and they're delivering content like rewrites, you know, the day before they're going to go shoot this thing. And Ian McKellen's got to grab his, his sides and, and memorize those things before the next day. And, uh, and they're just constantly in this state of writing and rewriting and re- writing and rewriting. Yeah. And, um, and it's just like, um, their, their writing, you know, can't be underplayed here. Um, there's the score oh by, my God. Um, Howard, by Shore. Howard Shore, yeah. which is, I mean, literally still like there's a lot of movie scores that I love, uh, but this is the only one that if I if I let it, Mm -hmm. it will move me to tears. Yeah. The the Two Towers is the first film score I ever bought, like on CD. Yeah. 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 I bought all of these, too. It's like I had to have it. And still still to this day, one of the things that I'll do um, and this is pretty regularly is put on like the end credits, like medley Mm -hmm. of all of the of all the different um, leitmotifs and whatnot. And it's just like, man, it's it is a perfect score. And then and then and then you already talked about Weta, like their their contribution is Mm -hmm. phenomenal. and, And, you know. Obviously, it's not in this film, but was this when not we start the inception of Weta? Wasn't this the, their first, their first big? Like, I think it. I think it was film yes. series. Yeah, yep. yeah. And, and now, now and, Weta is like is involved. If you see a big budget CG film, it's Weta. Weta is involved in yeah. at least one of the major sequences because stuff like exactly. Avengers, you have to employ multiple effects houses. <laughs> yeah, it's impossible exactly. to have one do all Correct. of them these days. Everything. But, but yeah. yeah, but but I think Weta did do everything for Lord of the Rings. They did. Yeah, it was all um, Weta, which is which is ridiculous, crazy. Because and, and then when you, th- <laughs> it's like that's like thir- that. I can't tell you how many thousands of shots that must be. I know it's insane. I, I'm sure it's like every shot has something. Mm. Um, and 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 then you know you talk about like fully CG characters like Gollum and and the use of motion capture and how how impactful that has been on film as an art form moving forward. Um, I mean, it made Andy Serkis's career mm-hmm. and and I mean, he had a career before, but like, yeah, it catapulted him. Um, and and man, I tell you what, it's it's just been like crazy to track the impact that this series, that this film had on film as a whole. Um, but, but it's, it, it is so crazy because I, I find myself like hating the term lightning in a bottle because it's just so overused. Sure. Anytime somebody's like, I like a thing, they're like, it's lightning in a bottle, <laughs> but, but this is legitimately lightning in a bottle. Like this yeah. is, this is every single thing coming together, working mm-hmm. together to make something perfect. And you can get so many of these elements back yeah. and the Hobbit never reached that the same level that the Lord of the Rings did. And, and there's a lot of reasons for that. Yeah. But you would think that if anybody could make it happen and make it magic again, it would be that same team. And it, and it didn't, it didn't work. Yeah. And, and, and I, I definitely, I definitely want to highlight how unique it is that the studio was the ones who took the biggest risk here. Yes. You know, Peter Jackson had passion in the project. All the actors have, everyone had passion with the project. Yeah. So those movies would have been good, but they don't happen 
without the studio going, we will commit to all three of these yep. and we'll find international distribution yep. and I'm going to stake my career in the existence of this studio and all its employees yep. on, on this bitchin' pitch from Peter yep. Jackson yep. that nonetheless could fail. Yes. And I think that is a risk a studio hasn't made since. Yes. <laughs> you know, I, short of, you know, I was going to, I would say, I would say maybe Marvel, but like that wasn't even a big studio. That was Marvel. That was, that was Marvel independently, yeah. you know, and toy biz and stuff. But that, I wouldn't even call that as, as risky as <clears throat> casting Robert Downey Jr. And, and making Iron Man in the first place. That's a big, 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 big risk. That is not the same kind of risk that, was taken on the Lord of the Rings. To well, me. do you want to know, in my opinion, why it is not the same level of risk? It's because the Lord of the Rings worked. Nothing had happened before the Lord of the Rings to prove that this could work. Mm-hmm. Obviously, movies had been made based on books prior to the Lord of the Rings. Yeah. But, but this seemed to be the turning point where now it, it would be, I think, it would not be uncommon to like walk into any studio and say, "Hey, I've got a pitch based on a best best selling book," mm-hmm. for and for them to like, they they're just going to listen to you now, mm-hmm. yeah, right. But in two thousand, well, in nineteen ninety seven or whenever yeah. it is that they're pitching this, you're not getting listened to just because you say, "Oh, it's based on a best selling book; it's a classic." Yeah, they're like, "Okay, but that doesn't mean anything because yeah, yeah Jaws was based on a book. Psycho is based on a book. All these movies based on books, but but they didn't prove that like, oh, it's going to work." Yeah, you, you you now that there's enough of a track record of like fantasy stuff, Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Harry Potter, Game of Thrones, you know, yeah. you could get someone to make, oh, it's a thing of dragons and and, and magic. And it's like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm listening. Sure. You know, that's Why definitely not? a market for it. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah, before yeah. huge, huge, huge risk. Right. Yeah. yeah. But it's because Lord of the Rings paved the way. Lord of the Rings proved that it's doable and it's yep. going to be profitable. And so now the risk is who do we cast? The risk is who's directing. Mm-hmm. The risk is not is this project going to make us any money? Now the assumption is it will. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's strange, but yeah, it is, it is a, a, a magic experience that is one of those weird things where all three films are critically loved and commercially loved. And I mean, they made so much money. They collectively, I don't even know how many Oscars they won. I think the return of the King won all 11 that it was nominated. I think 17 in total. It's insane. Yeah. They, I think, I believe they grossed $3 billion, all three films. It's, it's crazy. They've all got over 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. They're all on the IMDb top 250 list. Mm -hmm. And two of them are in the top 10. Wow. And, and and the two towers is number of like uh, fourteen. Yeah. So they're all right there at the top of like the top rated movies on IMDb. Yeah. Um. And yeah, I mean, it's just not that that means anything, but it just means that that these films are culturally significant. Oh yeah. And I think that, um, regardless of how well the CG ages or, or whatever the, the bottom line is the story is timeless. 
and it has something for everybody. And I think that it is something that will stand the test of time in the way that like The Godfather has or Casablanca has. Mm-hmm. It's like these are movies that are remembered forever. Yep. The Lord of the Rings is going to be that, which is why it it pains me to think that they might ever remake it or they might ever try to do something to to capitalize on it. Mm-hmm. And and they are doing that right they now. They are, yeah. But but it's um I mean these yeah Anyway, the, these this is a perfect movie. This is a perfect movie. And I, I, it's so cool to me that like Peter Jackson seems to be the only director who uniquely seems to like, I'm still baffled that like, you know, lots of big films have deleted scenes get cut down for time. Like, you know, the, the Avengers films have deleted scenes and stuff, but the fact that there are extended editions, this extends, it's, it's, it's mind boggling to me watching the extended edition like how much was shot that I just wasn't I wasn't aware of for years. Like, yeah. wow, there's whole scenes, there's whole different things. And these beats completely like you know, recontextualize characters' actions going forward. And you're just like, that's what the actors have been thinking about this whole time. And I'm sitting here with the limited scope of the theatrical experience, but you have to think all the time that actors remember things that were shot and never shown to the audience. Yep. And, you know, there's an extended cut of Peter Jackson's King Kong out there. And yep. it's like, this dude doesn't just shoot a bunch of extra scenes that don't end up as anything. He, he, he shoots like a four hour film. Yeah. And then, you know, he has to cut it down to a three hour film, but you know, in a way that doesn't feel fattening the way that if you were to put scenes, like you watch the lead scenes of the Avengers, you're like, okay, I mean, that's kind of cute, but I understand why that was cut. That kind of goes nowhere. Like, you know, um, and I just think unique, it's uniquely within his purview to just, make you feel like especially with something like the extended edition of the fellowship of the ring like you are consuming the book or a book or something of grand scale and and character depth you don't it's you i don't even feel like it's a film like yeah yeah like i absorb the the story's essence and my body doesn't perceive it as a film at this point it's just yes. I yeah. I just become symbiotic with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's just I've I've consumed a story, and I yes. think that's a weird feeling that I don't get that often. Like as much as I love the Avengers films, they are films. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't feel like they can transcend. Yeah, their the experience of watching them, but the Lord yep. of the Rings is like a feeling for me. Yeah, it is. It is. It, it is legitimately. Um, I, I don't know if transcendent is the right word, but, mm-hmm. but you definitely do visit something else when you watch these movies. Yeah. Um, and, and, and again, the, these are some of the only movies that will choke me up in the films. Like each one of them has yeah. these moments where I'm like, that moment will make me cry or that moment would make me cry. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I can, I can literally count all of them. You know, um, you know, you think about the Lord, you think about this particular film, the moment where Frodo thinks he's on his own and he's got to get in that boat and like, you know, Boromir's died and, mm-hmm. and he's trying to just do this alone. It's like, that is heartbreaking. And then the moment that Gandalf dies and that's, that's and, mine for me. And then, and then, but they all have these moments, like particularly around Gandalf, maybe like, um, the two towers when Gandalf shows up on the hill. At the mm-hmm. Battle of Helm's Deep, it's like, oh, 
that's such a huge moment or or in 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 the return of the king you have this moment where I mean, a billion moments that make me cry in Return mm-hmm. of the King. Um, but but particularly there's there's a moment where Frodo wakes up in the bed at Rivendell and he just looks up and it's just him and Gandalf. And, mm-hmm. you know, Gandalf or Gandalf's like watching has been watching over Frodo as he recovers. And it's just like this moment. And then they laugh. And I'm like, dude, I'm going to cry because they're <laughs> laughing. And then and then like and then and then, of course, the end. Uh, yeah. it, I, I can't think about the words. Um, I think I'm quite ready for another adventure without without wanting to bawl my eyes out at how how sweet and innocent that is from Bilbo. Yeah. And and then that last shot of Frodo on the boat looking back at his friends as they bawl their eyes out. And I'm just like, I am dead here. Um <laughs> th- this is yeah, it's just it's just something special. And and it all starts with the Fellowship of the Ring, which um many people say is their favorite. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that's because there is an abundance in this film of practical things that are tangible, you can touch them. And I think uh there are more visual effects as the series progresses. Mm-hmm. Um like I, I know I've heard Vigo Mortensen talk about like I like Fellowship of the Ring because it's the realist one. Yeah, it's the most and, tactile. Yeah. And and that makes total sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but without the Fellowship of the Ring, I mean, we wouldn't you have to have all of this groundwork to get to those moments that will rip your heart out because yeah. You know, it's like we've talked about this over and over. If you don't care about the characters, the emotion will not come. So in a weird way, you have to have 12, 13 hours of this thing Mm -hmm. so that by the time it wraps up, you are all in. You're invested. Yep. Right. Um, you know, you you have to have those those previous 12 hours to have the moment where Sam says, I can't carry it for you, but I can carry you. And and when that happens, that is pure, like mm. pure catharsis. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's just like anyway. Um, yeah, I, I could talk about these movies literally forever. I do. I, I always waver on what my favorite movie is, but I have to say The Lord of the Rings. I mean, as as one giant movie has to be my favorite movie. Yeah, it's it's, it's amazing. It's yeah. it's it's breathtaking achievement in film and storytelling i mean it's yeah it's iconic yeah um all right we're gonna bring it to a close um i will say that uh so this is the last episode that dustin and i are sitting down to record uh for 2021 um you are hearing this in mid-september um and um, we're going on right now. We have planned a, well, I guess at this point it's six and a half month hiatus, you yeah. know, or so six or yeah. seven month hiatus, pretty long hiatus. Um, but if you go back and look in the history of the show, we've actually taken pretty long breaks before. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and that's only when I was having children. Um, right. but Dustin and I are both or each having children in, uh, in the coming months. Yeah. Um, and uh and we need we need the time i need the time yep. this is yep. my fourth same and um and and this is dustin's first and yep. it's, it doesn't do well on your fourth or your first kid to have your plate too full yep. uh, with other 
shit. So, Correct. um, so in, in an effort to, uh, be good stewards of our homes, we're going to, um, not meet up to do the show, um, until I think we said roughly March is yeah, what we said, something like that. Something like that. Yep. Um, yep. so, um, during that time, there's still going to be content. If you're wanting to hear us and you're bummed about a podcast hiatus, there's still going to be stuff on this RSS feed to listen to. Um, I'm still going to be recording stuff. Dustin's still going to be recording stuff. We will occasionally combine our stuff into stuff, but we just don't want to set the expectation that every Monday and Thursday you're going to get an episode from us because you may not. Um, So, I would just say keep your expectations low and then just see what 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 pops up on your phone when you right, refresh exactly. all your stuff and then you know so I've I've got some stuff pre-recorded so September is going to be fairly regular they're going to have stuff every Monday and Thursday that's why I said 6ish 7 month hiatus I've got backlog stuff that's going to carry through the rest of the month. It's really going to be October where it starts to maybe feel a little more bare um mm-hmm. but without sitting down to record podcasts I'm probably seeing some more movies here and there so it might all balance out to nothing uh, different, but it won't be mm-hmm. Dustin and I sitting here discussing stuff. Um, yep. So um, just still get our thoughts on movies uh, here and there, um, but uh, it won't feel quite the same until we get back together. So right. Um, that is what to expect going forward and expect a bunch of dad stories. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure we'll have some, I'm sure. um, but uh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, that's, that's the haters. That's the haters coming coming down the pike. Yep. Yep. All right. Dustin, it was, it was a pleasure of course, to, uh, to, to, uh, to enter this hiatus on a high note with this film. Yes. And, um, of course, uh, we'll enter it on a high note with something else. I hope, I hope the first thing we review isn't garbage. (laughs) Right. I hope so too. I hope it's great. We might have to make sure whatever we talk about, (laughs) we're just going to wait until we have a five-star film. We'll just talk (laughs) about, we won't do another new episode until 2026. You know, what's funny. So we're going to resume in 2022. So I'll be Mm. doing my 2002 films. Maybe we should just start with the two towers. (laughs) There you go. That we just <laughs> we know for a fact it'll be a yes. high note. Positive. We'll be all out of practice too. We'll be like talking over each other Hello? and like. Yeah. Is anyone there? Hello, Janice. 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 Um, we'll be back. Um, and we'll be back for real in March. So yeah. Guten Tag. Cheers. Guten Tag. Bye. Speaking German somehow for some reason. <laughs> Omelette du fromage. That's French. Mm-hmm.